Hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Mask. We have an exceptional guest who was very recently awarded the Queensland uh, Australian of the Year Award 2021, Dr. Dinesh Palapana. Dinesh is PGY5 and has chosen a path in an unaccredited registrar role that gives him the flexibility to work in spinal research. Of course, many of you will already be familiar with Dinesh's story overcoming what many would have perceived as an insurmountable barrier, that is to become a doctor when you are a quadriplegic. Dinesh does share some of his story about the accident led to his quadriplegia. However, you'll hear more about where he is now, his inspiring philosophy and attitude, and where he's going. Today's episode is hosted by Mary Garner, one of MIPS's representatives working in Queensland, who has known Dinesh since he was a student. This episode really has a lot of information pertinent to doctors in those difficult years, whether you are in a training program, trying to get a place in a training program, or you've just started in one. I've heard this group of professionals referred to as the forgotten doctors, but from MIPS's perspective, they are among the highest profile because you are on the cusp of changing your risk profile, thus your indemnity insurance. And many people around the PGY5 mark start to do some form of private practice or intend to start. The materials provided are for educational purposes only. Whilst we take all reasonable care in preparing these materials, including the accuracy of the information supplied, we do not accept any liability whatsoever arising out of the use or reliance of the information provided. Let's listen to this. The voices you are about to hear are Mary Garner, MIPS representative, and Dr. Dinesh Palapana. I first met Dr. Dinesh Palapana during his intern year in 2017. I remember it well because you don't meet many doctors in a wheelchair. To say Dinesh's story is unusual is an understatement. Hi, Dinesh. We're thrilled to have you join us on Behind the Mask. Hello, Mary. Thanks for uh, having me. Lovely to see you again, Dinesh. Now, some of us may be familiar with your story, but some may not. There's no doubt you've achieved some extraordinary things despite a life-changing accident in 2010. For those who don't know your story, could you share some of your background with us? I finished high school and um, ended up studying law. I never grew up wanting to be a doctor. So I, I went to law school initially. But when I was in law school, I um, went through a period where I had depression and anxiety and I was getting panic attacks. So that was one of the darkest periods in my life. Funnily enough, I have a spinal cord injury now, but that particular time was uh, was very challenging. And um, I think back uh, and compare those two experiences, and um, I think having having a mental health challenges like that is quite difficult because you're a prisoner of your own mind. Um, whereas now, my my body um, has certain limitations I suppose as to what it can do but I think um, having limitations in my mind was a far more debilitating thing because after the spinal cord injury I've done so much more in my life than I did when I was going through the depression when I was really just sitting in my room and um, you know thinking about things but anyway that happened when I was studying law and it's really that experience that led me to medical school so I um, ended up uh, deciding to be a doctor because I interacted with all these doctors during that time and the healthcare system and 
I just thought, wow, this is a really cool thing um, to be able to change someone's life and to um, have them come back and participate in society and live again. So I wanted to do that. That's extraordinary, actually. You were saying that it was actually a health challenge during your first studies Mm. that actually led you to becoming, wanting to become a doctor. Yeah, until then, <laughs> I had no, you know, I'm sitting here 11 years down the track doing cool things like speaking to you on a podcast. <laughs> well, now, that, that, this must be a highlight of your life. I can't understand that. But, you know, I think, it's, um, I, think, I think it's a real privilege to be able to do things like this and to be um, in a position where I can share a message and um, talk about a journey and hopefully help other people. Mm. and make some sort of impact on society along the way, whatever little. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the car accident was in uh, 2010 and I spent probably seven or eight months in hospital, better than intensive care and high dependency units. And it was, um, it was a very, very challenging journey. Um, yep. being, in a, being a patient is a hard thing. And still, like to this day, uh, I don't really like being a patient. I, I just I hate it. I don't go to a hospital unless I'm so, so sick, <laughs> which, which is really ironic, I think. Um, Do you think having already done some study in the medical field, did that make it easier or more difficult for you to be a patient? Um, there are a couple of facets to that. From, from the outset, I realized that I need to put the medicine away and just be a patient, mm. and just be a human being, which was really important. So I, I made it a point to remember that and do that. Um, but then from another aspect, it was really hard because I saw my colleagues progressing in their career and I wasn't, I, sometimes I wasn't necessarily treated with a great deal of respect while being yep. a patient. Yep. So it's kind of hard seeing that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, being, being a patient is difficult. And I think when we practice medicine, it's really important to remember that why we got into this and to remember that we're in the business of uh, providing care to people. How did you find getting back into study and were you given much support from the university? Were there any challenges at that point? Yeah, it was uh, so... Actually, I, I, after the eight months, I spent another four years away from medical school because I ended up in hospital quite a few more times. Um, there were a few more complications. Um, and there's a, so apart from the physical things that I need to get together, there's a big social effect too. Mm. The stuff that you don't see under the surface with each trauma is that families fall apart money becomes difficult and whatever else, which is the same thing that happened to me and my family. Um, so it was four years when I got back into school. And um, there were a lot of discussions that I had with academics and doctors and whoever else. Um, fortunately, I had a supportive university and um, there were there were a group of very supportive academics and the dean of the medical school who was great. And because of that, I was able to come back to med school. And mm-hmm. keep going. But there were a bunch of 
people that didn't believe that it's possible um, or doable. So that there was always that. And there's been that for, you know, throughout my career, or even though it's getting less and less and less. But yeah, we, we spent a long time, um, a few weeks, in fact, before I started back having conversations with the different clinical supervisors that I'd had. Um, we spent a bunch of time in the clinical skills lab where I learned how, how I'd hold my stethoscope and how I'd examine the patient and how, how I would maneuver around a bed um, and do all these things. So uh, there was a fair bit of effort and um, I was fortunate enough that the university put in resources to make that happen as well. Then it was just a matter of getting in there and doing it. So I picked up where I left off and because mm -hmm. it's so long, I really, really launched into it and made sure that I just studied as hard as I could. Um, so one of the things about spinal cord injuries that, um, or any uh, physical impairment like this, is that to do things that you normally do, like I'll go jump in the shower or do this, it takes a lot longer. So in the morning, it takes me a couple of hours at least to get ready so I, I can't imagine what it's like to have to you know allow that amount of time yeah and even at night um, so the days are stretched and um uh so some days i was i was getting up at three and i, I was um going to the hospital doing all this stuff and then studying in the library and then going to bed at about 11 and then repeating this like six days a week sometimes but mm. The, I really, really just wanted to do as well as I could and pass. And um, it was really about structuring my life and having it in a regimented way where I could um, do as well as I could. So that, that's how we got back into medical school. So now you are working at Gold Coast Hospital. As I said earlier, I, I met you during your intern year. Is there anything from your junior years that you think might help any of our listeners who are in a similar position as a junior doctor? Are there things that you learned that you think could help them? When I had the accident, I had a bunch of friends that I was going to medical school with. So they were, we were close. Um, and then over time, when I was out of medical school, I lost track, uh, I lost touch with them. And um, I stopped hearing from some. And when I came back to medical school, there were five years ahead of me. And when I graduated, there were seven years ahead of me, I think. Yeah. So um, some of them took their seniority very seriously. And our, our friendship was really not a friendship anymore. And our interactions became very different. Hmm. Um, so... The point of that is sometimes you just have to take your own journey. Mm -hmm. In medicine, there's a very um, tried and tested pathway and there's a very traditional pathway where you graduate, do an internship, try to get into a training program, you finish that training program, you become a consultant and you work. But um, don't, uh, life happens and there's still life and uh, it's okay to take a non-traditional path in medicine it's okay to pivot and it's okay to try different things because once you finish training you're going to be doing that 
you know, you, you can always do that. You, mm. always do that. But if, you know, you, what you don't get back is time. So no. if you feel like trying different things or if you feel like doing different things or if you feel like carving out a pathway, I really um, encourage you to do that because there are so many doctors around the place that have done some amazing things like that. Mm. Um, you know, so that's that's one thing. And the other thing is um, uh, this this can be a very challenging um, job. And um, you got to um, have support networks or ways to make sure that you can get through the hard days. Mm-hmm. But also, we we look after patients but we're terrible at looking after each other. And yourselves. And, well. (laughs) That's something at MIPS that we are always very conscious of, is trying to look after the wellness of our members as well. And I think this is something I've noticed working a lot with junior doctors in recent years. As you say, looking after each other and looking after yourself is sometimes not uh, very high on the priority list. What have you found works for you? Um, I, I really, I love medicine and I love, I love the different things that I do. So most days I just feel like I'm going on about my normal life and it, it, it's, it's like a continuum, right? Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I have a job. Like I feel like, okay, I'm going to go do this and it's fine and whatever else. So that, that really helps, um, particularly, you know, when you're working multiple, you know, so many days or whatever else. So that perspective's really helped. The other thing, I mean, there, there are all sorts of little things that you can do. But for me, one of the most important things has been gratitude. To be here now, um, I'm grateful every day. And every morning when I wake up, I um, am grateful for, I think of three things that I'm grateful for, which is a very easy thing to do. And then um, I, I, I just think about through the day, so I just think about stuff I'm grateful for. So I think gratitude has been really important. But um, but the other thing is really giving. I think giving is very, very important because it's so easy to become internally focused and think about mm-hmm. me and this is what I need and this is what I want. But I think life becomes really, really bright when we turn to giving. And that's why I think it's really important to look after each other because um, I, th- I think you know, we need to look after each other. We're, we're a part of this close-knit community mm. where we only understand the rigors and the challenges that we've been through. Um, and we've got to be there for each other. And it's sad to see in our profession the bullying and the yelling and her- you know, all that kind of stuff. That does happen. Mm. So it's sad to see that because we we need to be close to each other. We need to look after each other. We need to be this tight-knit unit that can get through anything. So I, I hope that we start to see that more. Yeah. It's you know funny that you should say that because it's something that I find when I'm talking to our members or other junior doctors out, out at hospitals you hear about the bullying, the harassment, um, even sexual harassment, uh, perhaps discrimination, all sorts of things that 
you would hope just weren't part of the industry anymore, but, but they are, and it's a sad fact of life. And what I've discovered a lot of people haven't understood is that MIPS can actually support you through some of those things as well. A lot of people think that indemnity cover is only for when you do something really clinically wrong. I mean, you make a major clinical mistake or even a minor clinical mistake. But it's really worth remembering, as I, I sometimes say, look, if in doubt, give MIPS a call. Because if you are being bullied, if you are having anyone who is harassing you in any way, it's so worthwhile. Make that call. You can call 24-7 and actually get some support and advice. I mean, that's, that's one of the things with MIPS. It's indemnity, support and advice. So you're currently working in an unaccredited position. Does it annoy you that you actually didn't get an accredited role and you didn't get onto the training pathway? So being a PHO or an unaccredited uh, registrar at the moment, um, I mean, it's, work, it's working great for me because um, right now I get to do research with spinal cord injury and that's really like a big dream stuff. You know? It was a very hard decision um, between, okay, do I continue with a traditional training pathway or do I take this step and do spinal cord injury research, which one day might allow me to stand up again and um, do things. And um, so that, 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 but then when I actually thought about it, it's an easy decision, you know, it's um, taking the traditional pathway is safe. It's going to get you somewhere um, reasonably quickly, but it may not, um, if, if there's some big dream um, that, you're thinking of, well, that's what I was thinking of. I, I thought that it's totally worthwhile to take this step and to do that. Um, I, I'm also writing a book at the moment and um, I've been able to do some other things around disability and spinal cord injury. So um, I've been on a couple of um, boards of directors um, over the last year. So just getting experience and doing doing all these things has been really like it's really just enriched the journey. So I'm I'm pretty pretty happy to be taking this sort of non-linear um, trajectory in my career. Now you you've mentioned that you're also doing some other things with your research, and I believe you've also been involved in an advocacy role. With, is it doctors with disabilities? Yeah. So the idea behind um, our group was to, you know, it was a very um, uh, exclusive environment for people with disabilities that wanted to enter medicine, study medicine, train in medicine and work in medicine. So we really worked to change that. And um, uh, I think our advocacy has really paid off because medical education is really changing now and mm. policies coming out in Australia um, and the AMA has been amazing and they've um, put out position statements supporting inclusive medical education and training and some of the colleges as well. The two that I've dealt with um, are the College of Radiology and the College of Emergency Medicine mm-hmm. who have both been um, very good and uh, there's not there are other colleges as well that are um, taking the steps in the right direction so 
we've been very lucky. And at the same time, uh, there have been other issues that I've been able to um, uh, have a voice in as well. The Disability Royal Commission, um, mm -hmm. one, during the COVID-19 pandemic, the federal government had a roundtable for right. uh, disability and COVID-19, which I was able to participate in, um, and um, all sorts of different bits and pieces, uh, especially in the last year surrounding COVID-19, because a lot of issues surfaced for people with disability. You know, there were uh, issues under the surface that um, just bubbled over and became worse. So. Actually, I've just realised that I forgot a very, very important thing at the beginning. I, I said to you recently, because one of the recent things that has happened to you is that you are actually named the Queensland State Recipient for Australian of the Year. And I promised that I would curtsy every time I saw you. And I'm sorry, but I forgot to curtsy to you. <laughs> that must be... I don't think... I've never known anybody who's been in a position like that. How do you feel about it? I mean, how, where were you when you found out? Well, uh, there was a ceremony in Brisbane at mm -hmm. the convention centre. And I turned up there and there, there were um, three other finalists for Queensland Australian of the Year. They were all amazing. Yeah. And I was just sitting there going, yeah, well, I, I was just <laughs> sitting there. And then they called out my name and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> And my mind just went blank. Like, I, I just went blank. Um, and it's, it's been incredible. What, like, it's such an honour. Um, I feel, yeah, it's, it's... You never expect to be at this point in life. Before we finish up, are there any final things? Most of the people who will be listening, of course, are going to be in the medical profession, uh, potentially dentists as well. Yeah. Uh, but mainly within this arena, are there any sort of final things that you think you'd like to share about how to get through? Um, look, I think the reason that I um, wake up every day and uh, do all this, despite it taking a fair bit more effort than normal, and the fact that I continue to do it is because I love what, uh, what we do. And I, th I think that it's an incredible privilege to be in this profession and to be able to do what we do. So um, I, I'm grateful every day. And sometimes I get around work and I just stop for a second and think, I can't believe I get to do this for a living. <laughs> so it's, um, it's an incredibly privileged position. And I think we always, always need to remember that and to cherish that. Um, and to take ourselves back to the reason why we're doing it. And I think that that coming back to the core of that, coming back to the core of medicine yeah. and the core of humanity really clears away some of the um, extraneous stuff that crowds our thinking about what we're doing. So um, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And um, thank you also for listening. Uh, <laughs> really grateful well dr dinesh palapana it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here tonight and uh look forward to catching you around the hospital at gold coast again in the future mary thank you for everything that you do for us oh i love it i love doing it all thanks dinesh good night all right good night
That was this episode of Behind the Mask, putting the spotlight on Dr. Dinesh Palapana and his unique perspective and experience. We hope that he's passed on some wisdom to you. Don't forget you can access other episodes and a variety of on-demand CPD options through the MIPS website. I hope you're able to join us again. Goodbye.